0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Backwards Hat Podcast. I am your host, Ray, and we're going to get after it on this eighth episode of the Backwards Hat Podcast. Before we keep going, I want you to remember to follow us on all our social media. We are now going Facebook Live on all of our episodes. Uh, We're going to be posting the episodes on YouTube afterwards, just so we have some flavor and some variety for people that want to consume content differently. Um, but today's episode is going to be great. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a quicker one, um, as, of course, I'm always in a rush on Mondays and Fridays to make sure we get everything done in a timely fashion. Um, but remember to follow us on social media, like our Facebook page to get updates. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. We're on TikTok, Snapchat, and you can text us at WhatsApp, or text us on WhatsApp, rather, at 317 798 nine nine six nine with that being said we got a short interlude and we will start with our episode all right so over the weekend we obviously had the conference championships and i have to say it didn't go exactly as I thought it would I mean I'm that's pretty much the case every game so I've decided obviously that this year I know nothing about football because the Titans you know got to the AFC championship so I know nothing about football anymore but I'm going to continue talking about it like I do uh, but we had the Chiefs defeated the Titans 20 or uh, 35 to 24 49ers over the Packers 37 to 20. Right now, the Chiefs' offense looks basically unstoppable, even with the 49ers' defense being as good as they are. So I'm really surprised at how well they handled Derrick Henry. That was my surprise takeaway from today's game or yesterday's game, was the fact that I wouldn't say they shut him down, but comparatively to what the last two weeks have been like for Henry – I would definitely say that was a surprise. The Chiefs are not a really good run defense, so the fact that they handled him as well as they did bodes really well for them competing against the 49ers who really aren't, um, you know, they're not an easy team to run against. So, or I mean, sorry, they're not an easy team to stop running. So that's going to be really good for the Chiefs if they can somehow continue that because obviously the 49ers had a great performance uh, this past week. So I'm still shocked that the 49ers are dominating the way they are right now. I mean, they're running the ball at will. Garoppolo is not going to lose any games for, for them. And he can make plays as well. It's like, as an indie reference, he's basically Jacoby Brissett, but much better. Like Jacoby Brissett, he's not going to lose you a lot of games, but he's not going to go out and make any plays that win you games. Like Jacoby Brissett can't do that, but Jimmy Garoppolo, he can actually make some plays to win you a ball game. Like he's not Patrick Mahomes who's going to run around and chuck bombs down the field and just dominate you regardless of whether you want it or not. But Garoppolo is going to make plays for you. So I think that 49ers have kind of figured out a formula. I think they're trying to do, or they're doing what I believe the Colts are trying to do. The Colts want to have this dominating defense, dominating rushing attack, a quarterback that's really good, but not going to hurt you. Obviously the 49ers have that figured out and the Colts don't yet, but um, next week, not the next episode, but it'll be the following Friday. We'll have Super Bowl predictions for you because we have the Pro Bowl first. Um, Jack Doyle, for Colts fans out there, Jack Doyle got named to the Pro Bowl, so good for him, well deserved. I met him once, so that makes me cool, right? Like I trained with somebody that he used to train with, so I feel like that should make me somewhat cool. So I, yeah, I don't know, maybe it doesn't, but I shook his hand, so I mean, I should partially be a Pro Bowler, I guess. Whatever. Going on to college football, uh, I saw the way too early top twenty-five for next season. Um, not really a lot of surprises. Number one's Clemson for obvious reasons are returning Trevor Lawrence uh, and Travis ETN. That is just massive for their offense. So many people criticizing ETN for coming back. I'm just like, come on. Like the dude can make his own decision. If he had gone pro no one would have blamed him, but he comes back and all of a sudden it's all about, Oh, you throwing money away. Well, everything's not about freaking money. So shut up. Maybe he just loves Clemson. I, I don't know. But I mean, they're going to be really tough to play with. Number two is Ohio State. Yeah, their defense will probably take a little bit of a hit, but those guys restock pretty much every year. And with Justin Fields coming back, if his knee is healthy, I don't see why they shouldn't stay the favorite in the Big Ten and remain at number two. Number three was Alabama. I mean, I don't really know much about who's coming back next year. I know that they restock every single year. And so I you know, can't really argue with that. I was a little surprised, though, at number four and five. Number four, they have LSU, which you would think that losing arguably the greatest quarterback in college football history, um, definitely the best quarterback in SEC history, would have knocked them significantly, but there was an article talking about um, some speculation that LSU might be bringing in a transfer to replace Joe Burrow, someone like D'Eric King from Houston, who has entered the transfer per, uh, portal um, It's pure speculation. So that was not really a, a indictment on what they're going to do. It was just, if they are able to do that, then LSU is going to stay at number four. Um, but you know, they're always locked and loaded with their recruiting classes. So, you know, even if they didn't have D'Eric King to replace him, i I'm not super surprised, but just a little bit that they didn't drop a little further. And number five, you have Oregon. I really think this was just to throw a bone at the Pac-12. I mean, yeah, Oregon ended up in the top 10, but I mean, come on. We're really going to start off the season with the Pac-12 team in the top five. Yeah, I'm not, not too sure about that, but... Uh, My favorite news of the day is that OSU is bringing back Kerry Coombs as a defensive coordinator slash defensive back coach. Um, Just following along with social media today, that really sent a jolt through Buckeye Nation. Everyone's super jacked for him to come back. I know when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, their saying was like, bring the juice. And if you saw any hype videos or anything, Kerry Coombs was the guy that was always just incredibly fired up. I mean, pretty old guy. Um, as far just based off appearance, pretty old guy, but he was the guy that always brought the heat in every drill. He was screaming in the in the weight room. The dude was screaming. I mean, he just had so much energy. So pretty much every post today is talking about, oh, Kerry Coombs is back. He's bringing the juice. So really excited for that. Um, they definitely need a replacement with obviously their defensive coordinator headed to Boston College. So uh, couldn't think of a better guy to take that position over. So. That'll be great, but I'm going to take a short interlude here, and then we're going to be back with some basketball. All right, back to talk about a little bit of basketball. The new NBA power rankings came out, and um, I'm okay with the top few, I am really surprised, not based off of like record or anything. I'm surprised at who they have at the bottom of the top 5 just because or of the top 10 because I don't think that it was something they that anyone would have anticipated to start the year. So at number 1 they have the Bucks, at number 2 is the Lakers, 3 is the Clippers, 4 is the Heat, 5 the Jazz, 6 the Nuggets, 7 the Raptors, 8 Celtics, 9 Mavericks, and 10 Pacers. Honestly, I think it's a surprising list when you look at the bottom of that top 10. When you look at well, I guess the Heat aren't in the bottom, but I'm really shocked because the Heat when you think about it, it's like, okay, you have Jimmy Butler and who? Like they they just have a lot of guys that it seems like they know their role. And I mean, they're to be number 4 and have Jimmy Butler who, yes, he's a, he's a star in the NBA, but he's certainly not one of the guys that you think of thinking that you, know, you have one guy and you're going to be as good as they are because typically that's not how it is. Nowadays It's you need two or three studs to be near the top of the league, but the Heat are getting it done with Butler. Uh, the Raptors, having lost Kawhi Leonard, I would have thought they'd taken a bigger step back. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that they can beat any of the top teams in the West in a seven-game series, but the fact that they're doing as well as they are having lost – a top three player in the NBA is is pretty unreal. Um, the Mavericks, I wouldn't have thought going into this year that they'd be a top 10 team. I mean, Luka Doncic has basically inserted himself into the top six and seven players in the NBA. So, um, you know, basically they need a big performance from him every night or they're not really going to get it done. But he is giving them that performance every night, so... Um, and as a Pacers homer, I continually will think that this team is a top contender in the East when Oladipo's back and healthy, got a huge win over the Nuggets last night in which they had to actually close out a game. I know the Nuggets had a few health issues, so, but everyone goes through it. So you got to do what you got to do. And they had to close that game out. They had to come back and they actually closed out the game. And this bodes well for them because they don't have their main closer right now. I know a lot of Pacers guys, we're talking about it today. A lot of Pacers analysts saying this team has lacked a closer the last couple of years. And the thing is, this team doesn't have a lineup that closes games. They have a lineup that is all closers. When you think of your lineup that closes games, that means your your better lineup. Your team that's been, your lineup's been playing well. But then you still only have really one guy you know is getting the ball. Right now, it seems like you could put the ball in any of these dudes' hands, and they're going to close the game out for you. So that was really good to see. Um, I'm so pumped for Oladipo to be back. We're nine days away now. I know all of Indiana is waiting patiently, (laughs) starting to get a little impatient. But uh, it's really exciting to see what the Pacers are doing. As far as uh, college basketball goes, we have the new top ten, Baylor-Jump-Gonzaga. Uh, for number one. So they're number one, Gonzaga's two, Kansas three, San Diego State four, and they're still our uh, only undefeated team left at 19-0. and 0. Uh, Florida State is five, Louisville is six, Dayton at seven, Duke at eight, Villanova at nine, and Seton Hall at ten. Big East starting to flex a little bit. Um, they have three teams in the top 15 with Butler being at 13th right now. Uh, Villanova worked Their way back into the top 10. They had a little bit of a rough start. They got run out of the gym by an Ohio State team that no one knows what's going on with anymore, but they've worked their way back in. Seton Hall got a big win over Butler the other night, and now they're in the top 10. I think the ACC is starting to flex a little bit too. I mean, I think coming into this year, you would have thought it's basically the Big 10 versus everyone else, but I mean, you got to look at the facts. You got Florida State, Louisville, and Duke all in the top 10. That's pretty solid. And then the only problem I have with this list, it's not that I don't think Gonzaga and Baylor are number one and two. I just have a problem with teams getting jumped in the fo- in the top five that didn't lose. Like Gonzaga didn't lose. So just because you get a good win, it was kind of like when Ohio State jumped LSU in the playoff rankings earlier this year, it's like, well, yeah, they might have had a little bit more dominating win, but I do think there's a little bit of the whole like, okay, well, yeah, LSU still had a good win too, so why should Ohio State jump them? It's kind of the same way here. Like, Baylor had some good wins, but Gonzaga hasn't done anything to lose that. So I don't I, I don't like teams dropping when they've done nothing to lose their rank. But, I mean, there's still a long way to go. Like I said, Gonzaga's probably going to win out in their conference. Baylor doesn't seem like there's a ton of competition in the Big 12 right now. Um, so if Baylor can stay on this track, they're looking really solid, but, um, the other big surprise for me having, being born and raised in my early part of life, um, from Ohio, I always like to see those teams do well. It's cool to see Dayton up at number seven. Um, they've definitely improved the last couple of years, but being ranked number seven, that's a big, uh, a big statement about where their program's at right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that, but as always, or as, as I said earlier, a quick episode. So I'm going to end basketball here, and we're going to hop to a quick segment about the Premier League and a little bit of gaming action for those of you that didn't hear. We added gaming onto the show, so it's going to be fun. All right, our last little segment here have some Premier League, just a little bit more about the Astros and then some gaming action. So with the Premier League, I first want to start uh, just with the table. I'm not sure that I gave one um, on Friday because now we're kind of in that section of the year where um, you're playing more matches you know, throughout the week. So it's not just every Saturday. You're getting a lot more throughout the week. So here's our table. We have Liverpool – Man City, Leicester City, Chelsea, Man United, Wolves, Sheffield United, Spurs, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Everton, Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, West Ham, Watford, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and Norwich City. Um, I... I really want to talk about, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I always, like I said in most of my episodes, I love looking at the newbies just to see where they are because, you know, I, being promoted to the Premier League is a big deal, and obviously staying is even better just for your revenue and overall club reputation. So um, you have Norwich at the bottom, uh, and then you have Aston Villa at 18, and then Sheffield United staying steady at 7. So um, Sheffield, I think they're pretty much well cemented in, um, you know, staying this year. Um, they are currently, let's see, they have 33 points and Ashton Villa in 18th place has 22. So they're 11 points above the relegation line. I think they're pretty well in hand at this point. Aston Villa is within three points of the next three clubs ahead of them, so I could certainly see them working their way out of this. They just got to get hot at the right time. Um, Bournemouth is headed south real quick. They've lost four of their last five, and that fifth one that they didn't lose was a draw. Norwich City, I mean, I don't see them going anywhere. They're seven, They have seventeen points right now. Um, they are basically they're six points out of the relegation zone, and I don't think they have enough to come out. So, unfortunately for the Canaries. I'm not seeing a way out for them, so that sucks. A lot of drama with the big clubs right now that I'll get to on Friday, but because we're doing a quick episode, I just wanted to go over the table, wanted to get my thoughts on that. Liverpool just continued dominance. I think someone had said today even if their lead was only 9 or 10 points, they'd still be well in hand for this year. Also in my next episode, as part of the soccer segment, I'd like to do a little a little game with my um, – with my show, I want to have suggestions of cities in the U.S. that would make great promotion and relegation. So essentially what I'm going to do is build a top of, a top league of 20 and then build a second league of 20. And just based off of where MLS clubs are right now and based off of where I think 20 more teams should go, so obviously that would remove a few of the MLS teams from the current top flight So, I'm going to just give my thoughts on that. I think it'd be a fun thing to do and just kind of give my case for why I think the U.S. needs to go to a promotion relegation system if they ever want to be one of the top leagues in the world. I mean, let's face it, there's not really anything going on. They didn't qualify for the World Cup. Um, They always, their stars are always playing in other leagues because, let's face it, it's just, it's really not. A top league. So, um, we're going to look at that and then I'm going to make my case for why they should get rid of their salary cap. I like the parity in the league, but I think the salary cap ultimately hurts their status in the world leagues. So, that's it for the Premier League. I'll come back with my table again on Friday because we have match day during the week this week as well. Um, I do love to see uh, this time of year when you start getting match days that are not just on weekends where you start getting. Two matches a week, and then you got Europa League. You have Champions League stuff, so you just have a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be a really fun end of the year um, for baseball. It's just been continued garbage being spit out from the Astros. I've lost every ounce of respect I have for Jose Altuve. I loved watching Altuve. Now the dude makes me sick. Bregman is even worse. It's just a bunch of rehearsed garbage that they're being that they're saying. Like at least man up and admit that you did something wrong. It just I, I can't believe that they're spewing this guard. And I'm sure it's probably their PR team telling them what they need to do. But I will tell you this. The Astros fans have been insufferable on social media. It's been so unbelievable how defensive they are. Like, still won that World Series, though. Well, yeah, and Barry Bonds still took steroids, even though he was the all-time home run leader. Like, it's just just because there's an asterisk next to it, or like just because it happened doesn't mean there's not an asterisk next to it. Like, they still cheated. I mean, whether other teams are doing it or not, I, I don't think that that's relevant. I think the fact that you got caught cheating, own up to it. I It's, it's ridiculous. I, I'm tired of seeing people defend them. I know sports fans are delusional. Heck, I'm delusional when it comes to my teams, but I don't think I would ever cover for a cheater. I just, I don't think that. When you have guys getting that kind of advantage, you cannot cover for that. That's just ridiculous. So, that's all I'm going to say about the majors right now because I get really hot and bothered every time I talk about the Astros. So, uh, I'm done with that. But, uh, last thing is getting after some gaming. So, um, like I said, for those of you that have not listened the last couple episodes, I'm adding in a gaming part at the end. Just due to the fact that esports is—I mean, esports is here. Whether people like it or not, it's here to stay. So, uh, essentially, when it comes to gaming, I'm a League of Legends guy. I'm not into World of Warcraft, Fortnite. I—I'm not really into first-person shooter games like Call of Duty. They're fun. I just—I'm not very good at them. So, League of Legends was the one game that I actually got pretty good at. And one thing I will tell you though is, while you're building up to being ranked in that game, the comment section is ruthless. Like I can just imagine, it's probably like ten year old little kids across the world, and my my username on there is backwardshatpod, and I can just see them backwardshatpod delete and uninstall your computer or uninstall League, delete and throw your computer out. You suck. You're horrible. You suck. What are you doing? You're awful. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's just it's literally worse than other social media. Like Twitter, I'd say is probably the worst right now at just people piling on, attacking and stuff. But I I think League of Legends would give it a run for its money with these like 11-year-old kids that are just, oh, man, they get after you on there. So the other thing about League that I will say for me personally is I need to develop my ability with casters. So part of that comes with me being a better researcher of champions. And as I'm doing this right now on the Facebook Live, I see that my father is watching, and I'm sure he'll be so disappointed that I started a gaming section of my of my uh, podcast. Don't worry, I promise I'm not playing too much, but I have to, you know, have to follow where I think I should go with the show, and gaming is part of it. So, but part of my ability to get better with casters is I just need to do better research of these champions. Like, yeah, I know some of the main ones, like. You know, when you think of casters, I usually think of like Lux and Morgana, um, you know, some of the main ones. So, or at least when I was playing, that's who I thought the main ones were. So I actually had a college roommate that when we were playing this game together, he literally, before he ever played a single match, went through and read the bios of every single champion. He went through, read the backstory on them read each and every ability, each active and passive ability that each of these champions had, and then he started playing. And it's like the dude went to ranked in like a few weeks, and it's no no wonder, partially because he would stay up literally all night long and play, but two, because he just knew the stuff so well. It was uncanny. So needless to say, he was pretty unstoppable no matter what position he played. I do need to get well-rounded Um, in my gaming. I would say that right now ADC is my strongest. uh, It's definitely my strongest area of play. And then second, I would say jungle. Um, Third would probably be support. Fourth would be top and fifth would be mid. Mid because I haven't, I just really haven't played that much. I would say that's probably by far the least position that I've played. ADC and jungle would be first. I liked jungling when Warwick was a little OP, though. So, as of right now, I'm not sure where my jungling capabilities would be with that. But, you know, I think if I'm going to be an ADC, I have to get better with Caitlyn because honestly, she's going to be the counter to just about everyone. When you look online at the different builds that, the star players have. You know, talking about League of Legends guys that are playing in world championships. When you look at what their builds are, their counters to just about every ADC champion is going to be Caitlin for good reason too. So I have to play with her a little bit more. I don't really know how, um, you know, I don't have her unlocked right now and she's not a free champion. So I have to figure out how I can get her unlocked. Um and that's just gonna come by playing a little bit more often so that's all i got for gaming though uh, I'm th- i appreciate everyone listening today everyone that's watched on the facebook live feed we had you know just a, a couple but you know it's more than last time so as long as we can get a little bit better each time uh, i'll be happy with that so uh, before I head out make sure to follow us on social like our Facebook page that way when I do go live for our episodes you can watch on there if you don't want to wait for the podcast to come out um, follow the YouTube channel as we do post these on YouTube right after the episode is over so follow on YouTube follow on Twitter Instagram Snapchat TikTok LinkedIn And text me on WhatsApp at 317-798-9969 just to be part of the community. want to hear your thoughts and opinions. So I appreciate everyone listening to the Backwards Hat Podcast. Go out and have a phenomenal rest of your week.